All right, friends. <clears throat> Psalm 100. Psalm 100. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Worship you, Jesus. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. How many of you are happy? <laughs> you know how pastor can tell you're in faith? Pastor can tell if you're in faith, all right? <laughs> you know how pastor can tell if you're in faith? Because you're happy. Say, I'm happy. That was weak. <laughs> I mean, happy like you just won the Publishers Clearinghouse. Yeah, glory. Hallelujah. Come on. Happy like Tim Tebow came back to the Broncos. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. Serve the Lord with gladness. <clears throat> Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. You know, many times, <clears throat> I know, I mean, I've been around. I've had a bad day. I know I probably don't look like it. Huh? <laughs> if you could see what I'm seeing here, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I can tell you how to chase the devil 100% of the time. And I can tell you, friends, that depression, loneliness, self-pity, every bit of it comes from the devil. Every bit of it. Being discouraged. Every bit of it comes from Satan himself. And let me just help you understand something about who Satan is. You know, the more you know about God, the more you have to understand about who the devil is, who your enemy is, right? You know, we talk about attributes. You know what attributes are? <laughs> like Joel Osteen, one of his attributes is he's always smiling, right? Right? Thank you, Lord. One of God's attributes, we call them attributes, I really don't like that word much, but you'll get it in a minute, is God is good. Is God good? Yes. It says right here in Psalm 100, for the Lord is good. Amen. Satan's, one of Satan's attributes is he is ungrateful. It's one of the most satanic, at, uh, give me a better word than attribute personality traits, qualities. One of Satan's purest qualities is ingratitude. And we have to guard against ingratitude. Praise the Lord. Can you say amen? amen. Who's with me today? Who's going to help me preach today? Huh? huh? You going to help me preach today? Huh? Say, go get them, pastor. Say, sick them. All right. Uh, I want you to look with me for just a minute at Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah chapter 14. Hey, I like the background. That's nice. That's really nice. Isaiah chapter 14. I'm going to uh, turn over here in this Kenneth Copeland reference edition King James Bible. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. We just, like Cindy said, we just came back from Fort Worth, Texas. 
Just flew in last night and boy, are my arms tired. Huh? But uh, Brother Jerry was challenging us about signs and wonders. I want signs and wonders in my church. When we pray for the sick, I want to see them get healed. There is a hunger that must be in the hearts of God's people to see the power of God. Amen. Are you satisfied with what we have already? Are you satisfied with the achievements and the progress we have made already in this church? I'm not. Now, I'm satisfied with the efforts of the people that serve here and help us and everything. I'm more than satisfied with that. I'm thrilled with it. I bless you in Jesus' name. But I'm not satisfied with the results that I'm seeing. So what is the answer? If we're not satisfied with the results that we see. Say, hey God, when are you going to manifest your glory? Hey God, when are you going to manifest your power? Hmm? I think it's Psalm 110 says, Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. Friend, this is the day of his power. Are we willing? Woo, we willing to do what, pastor? How about pray? How about spend some quality time in prayer? I recommend every day. Do you think we could change the spiritual climate of this state if we was to pray? And while we're on the subject, let's pray for Jared Polis. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I lift up Jared Polis in Jesus' name. I pray that your hand be upon him. I pray that your spirit be in his office. I pray that he have the wisdom of God in Jesus' name. I pray that the prophet of God would have access to the governor's mansion and to his office at the state capitol in the name of Jesus. That he would seek out godly counsel. That he would desire biblical counsel in the name of Jesus. 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 So Brother Jerry encouraged us to get hungry and stay hungry. Brother Jerry Savell is 71 years old, been in the ministry nearly 50 years, and as hungry as ever. Thank you, Lord. Worship you, Jesus. And one of the other preachers there by the name of David Blunt uh, was really amazing. I mean, he's really fun to listen to. He kind of talks like, you know, humility uh, <laughs> is, uh, let's see, thanksgiving is related to humility. Real gentle, but profound truths. He talked a lot about gratitude, talked a lot about humility. Again, one of Satan's purest attributes is pride. Yes, Lord Jesus, yes, Lord. Pride is a blessing blocker. Do you know that humility is never bored? Praise Lord. Did you know that humility stays in its lane? <laughs> Praise the Lord. If you could see what I'm seeing here today. Is everybody okay? Y'all still love me, huh? The, 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 we turned the clocks back a couple weeks ago, didn't we? Everybody okay? Did y'all get coffee? Everybody okay here? Huh? Thank you, Lord. Are y'all praying for me? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah chapter 14. Thank you, Lord. You want to see what pride really looks like? You want to see what ingratitude looks like? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah 14, verse 4. 
uh, he says to uh, the prophet, he says, You shall take up this proverb against the king of Babylon and say, uh, How has the oppressor ceased and the golden city ceased? The Lord has broken the staff of the wicked and the scepter of the rulers. He who smote the people in wrath with a continual stroke, he that ruled the nations in anger is persecuted and none hindereth. He's talking about a time when Satan is thrown in hell. And what a great day that will be. And you and me, we're going to be dancing around the bonfire. Amen. Come on. And nobody's going to be bored then. And nobody's going to be sleepy then. Huh? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yea, the fir trees uh, rejoice, verse 8, uh, at thee and the cedars of Lebanon, saying, Since thou art laid down, no feller has come up against us. Verse 9, here we go. Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at that coming. This is a prophetic utterance against Satan himself. When he is chucked in the hole, when they throw him in the lake of fire, when they throw him in hell, there's going to be people waiting for him. And the first verse we read here says, uh, uh, persecuted. He's going to be persecuted. Uh, that's in verse 6. Throughout the ages of eternity, they're going to chase Satan up and down the back alleys of hell. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Huh? Huh? Yeah. Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. It stirreth up the dead for thee. Even all the chief ones of the earth. Look it up in your concordance. Chief ones means the great goats. Now, okay. The, uh, the great goats, you understand what that means. This is talking about. This is talking about, I, I see that. <laughs> Great goats, this is talking about where, where evil spirits come from. Demons are half man, half goat. Half man, half pig. Half man, half dog. Someday maybe I'll explain to you how I know all that. But, have you ever heard of Pan? Who's Pan? Who or what is Pan? Anybody know? Pan is half man, half goat. If you look it up in Greek mythology, Pan is a homosexual devil. Man, it's quiet in here. Which way are we going here today, Pastor? We're just going to teach the Bible. All right. <laughs> it stirs up the dead for thee, even all the, uh, the chief ones of the earth. It hath raised up their, uh, from their thrones all the kings of the nations. And they all speak and say, have you become also like us? Verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art you cut down to the ground, the one that did weaken the nations? Because you said in your heart... I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the sides of the, uh, the mount of the congregation and the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. You see how he says, I'm going to go above the clouds. 
Which clouds is he talking about? The clouds on earth. Lucifer had a kingdom on earth before Adam was created. And he wasn't thankful. He wasn't grateful. This is pride. He had everything. The Bible says that every precious stone was his covering. Now, how do you like my new shirt? Do you like my new shirt? Huh? You want to know what I paid for this shirt? Plug your ears, Cindy. <laughs> huh? Higher, higher. <laughs> you know? Can you imagine what this thing would be worth if it was covered with diamonds? I mean, a nice one-carat diamond, if it's flawless, is worth, what, about 20 grand, maybe 40 grand? Depends on the cut and the clarity and everything like that, right? And a one-carat diamond, it'd take how many to cover this shirt? Hundreds, right? Thousands, maybe, right? Lucifer, when he was created, was completely covered with diamonds and jewels and gold, all kinds of precious stones is what he was covered with. I mean, his outfit had to be worth jillions, right? Uh, it says in the scripture that he had musical instruments installed in his person. Uh, he was an amazing per cre person, creature. Yes, he was an amazing creature. But he got full of himself, and he wanted to be God. He got his eyes on what he didn't have. And he stopped looking at everything that God had done for him. Can you see how wicked it is for us to stop thanking God for everything he has done for us? Again, in the olden days, a meal was sacred. We did not eat without thanking God for our food. Now we allow a kid to run to the next room with a bag of chips and play a video game while the family is having dinner. Dinner used to be a sacred time. Being a family used to be a sacred thing. <clears throat> Verse 15. God answers him and says, um, You will be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see you will look narrowly upon you or hatefully upon you and consider you saying, is this the one that made the earth to tremble? They're going to look at Satan when he is judged and say, do you mean to tell me that this is the one that fooled us, that tricked us, that controlled us? This thing here, this quivering. The Bible says in, on the last page or two of your Bible, it says that in the end, when the millennium starts, do you know what the millennium is? The millennium is a thousand year period that we're about to enter into. When Jesus is going to come and set his foot on the Mount of Olives. There's going to be no more elections. There's going to be no more debate. There's going to be no more politics. Jesus himself is going to rule in the flesh, in person from Jerusalem. And he is going to use his army, his generals and lieutenants, uh, captains, that's you guys, to control the real estate on planet Earth. 
And when the millennium starts, Satan is going to be locked up in the bottomless pit for a thousand years. Now, for legal reasons, he has to be loosed at the end of that thousand year period. But he is going to be chained up by one angel at the beginning of the millennium. And it doesn't even say he's a great, big, mighty angel. In other places in the book of Revelation, it talks about <clears throat> a mighty angel came down from heaven and had one foot on the land and the other one on the ocean and he, with a loud voice and everybody on earth heard him. Wow. But when Lucifer, when Satan is bound with a chain, it says one angel is going to wrap that chain around his neck. Well, I added the part about around his neck. It says one angel is going to put a chain around him and lock him up for a thousand years. I like to think of it like this. One fat little baby angel. <laughs> huh? In diapers. Is going to lock him up for a thousand years. Say ingratitude, ingratitude. is devilish. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord Jesus. I worship you. Lord, I'm asking you to show me which way to go with this today in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Well, Pastor, why are you stopping in the middle of a, of a sermon and asking God to help you? Because I don't know everything. Do you want to go to a church where the pastor has everything under, under control and knows everything? If you do, then when is the Spirit of God ever supposed to move? What if we stopped right now and I said we're going to pray in tongues for one hour? Who would still be here at the end of one hour? Hmm? You'd find out, wouldn't you? You'd find out. What if I call for a prayer meeting Tuesday night for one hour and I need everybody in this room, if you're not working, could that happen? Praise the Lord. Or would I have to pay you to be here? <laughs> All right. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. Let me give you some. Uh, <clears throat> let me give you some uh, characteristics of ingratitude. You ready? No crickets. Nobody's ready. Boredom. If you're always bored, you're ungrateful. <laughs> you know, I've known for years that there's just something wrong with being bored. I mean, when you think about all the opportunities there are, God wants to make you wealthy. God wants to run millions and millions of dollars through your bank account. If you believe that, you couldn't be bored. You'd be, your mind would be working, your heart would be open, you'd be on the right track, you'd be thinking, God, show me how to prosper. If you really believe in prosperity, you believe that your next step could unlock the key to supernatural wealth. And you would not be bored. Amen? I mean, if you had to full-time, 12 hours a day, find out how to ship out all the stuff God is sending to you. What if God gave you 300 houses tomorrow? What would you do with them? You can't live in all of them. What if he gave you a thousand cars? What if he gave you a warehouse full of food? 
You think I'm making this stuff up? All the greats of the faith, people that I have met and shook their hands, by the time they came to the end of their life, that's what their life had become. Nothing but distribution. Anybody ever heard of Lester Summerall? Lester Summerall was no different than you and me, but he was hungry for God. He was grateful, and God was able to use him as a conduit for that. That's all he could do at the end of his life is ship out tons and tons, millions of tons of food all over the world every day. And there's, he's been gone for 10, 15, 20 years now, right? And they're still doing it. They're still, he has a warehouse and that's all they do is give away food. Have you ever given anybody a car? That's fun. How about a house? How about you gave somebody a debt-free house before the end of this year? What would God do in your life if you started giving away houses? You think you'd be bored? You'd wake up every day thinking, wow, that's what Jesus said. It's more blessed to give than to receive. We're, a lot of us are still thinking, man, if I could just receive, if I could just receive. How are you going to receive? You've got to start giving. You've got to start giving. Yeah, but I ain't got nothing. Careful with that. Careful with that. When, 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 when Abraham told God, to me, you have given no seed. He didn't hear God's voice for 13 years after that. That is an insult to God to say, you haven't given me nothing to give. Really? That's ingratitude. Why don't you look around carefully at what you got? You probably have things that would be valuable to somebody that could be a seed that could trigger a fountain of prosperity in your life. Hmm? If you eat your seed, you kill your future harvest. God has been faithful to give seed to the sower. Maybe we're not sowing like we ought to be. And that's why it seems like we don't have any seed. But if you plant seed in good ground, what are you going to get? Am I in the right place? Is this the right outfit I'm talking to here today? If you plant seed in good ground, what are you going to receive? You're going to receive a harvest. What if you plant continually? What if you plant continually? What are you going to receive? A continual harvest, right? Am I too close to the camera? Good. I need a big tape line or something here, right? Or maybe just a, a shock collar or something, right? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Lord. Are you grateful for what you got? Are you grateful for your family? Are you grateful for the person sitting next to you? It's really hard being all alone, and there's nobody in this room that's alone right now. Now, you got a family right here. You know, I w I've been alone, where I've seemed like I didn't have a friend in the world. In that mess, I started thanking God for what I had. Find something you can thank God for and make a big deal out of it. Let's just wait on the Lord here for a moment. Pray with me. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Worship you, Lord. Worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Lord. 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 Worship you, Lord.
worship you, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. Let me tell you how to prosper. I mean really prosper. Biblical prosperity. Are you interested in biblical prosperity? Some churches, they won't talk about it. They think it's a dirty word. They'll make fun of us for talking about biblical prosperity. All your Bible heroes were rich. Hmm? My, my income and my finances have increased every single year for the last 30 years. Uh, in 1989, God told me to go in the lawn business. My first year in the lawn business, I made $7,000. I was starving. <laughs> Come on. By the time you pay rent, put gas in your car, are you kidding me? I was paying child support. Come on. I was starving. So I wrote down on a piece of paper at the end of the year, I said, I'm going to make double next year what I made last year. And I... I have always been a tither. Now, there's times when I made some mistakes, but I always get back on the horse that thrilled me, right? I never gave up on tithing. There was times when I, my bank account was overdrawn and I couldn't, I couldn't hand in my tithe check. I'm just being honest with you. But I've always been a tither. And so the next year I wrote, I'm going to double my income. So it doubled. Did I say I've always been a tither? Did I say I've always been a tither? Do you want to prosper? That's like one person. Who wants to prosper? Who really wants to prosper in this room? Young people in the room, listen to me. When your money may not be a big deal to you right now. When you're my age, it'll be a big deal. When you got grandkids, you know, the Bible says a good man or woman leaves an inheritance to their children's children. If I was to die today, I ain't going to die today. I'm going to be around a long time. 
I'm going to be so old that the old people are going to call me old. And I'll still be young and spry. I'll be able to take care of myself all the days of my life in the name of Jesus. There's nobody going to carry me around and bathe me or feed me. The last day I spend here on earth, I will bathe myself. I will feed myself. I will go to the store and buy my own food in Jesus' name. But when you get to be my age, do you want to be rich? Or do you want to be poor? Because I can tell you how to be poor. Don't tithe. Don't be grateful. And don't serve God. Who loves you, baby? Who loves you, baby? Here's how you prosper. Always be generous. You know, as soon as I even start thinking about talking about my dad, I just. My dad was an amazing, generous man. I can't tell you how many people he bought houses for. I don't think he even I don't think he even kept track. You'd find out about it decades later. Oh, yeah, I bought that guy a house. I can't tell you how many people he I don't I can't tell you how many people he bought cars for. And I don't think he kept track. But you find out years later, oh yeah, your your dad got me that car. I can't tell you how many people my dad put up in business. I know a guy who got out of prison. My dad put him up in business, and today he's a multimillionaire. What do you want people to say about you when you're gone? Say generous. generous. Say generous. generous. Yeah, but Brian, I ain't got nothing. Careful. You got time. Amen. You could pray for me for 60 seconds a day. Do I look like I need it? Trust me, I need it. Ask my wife if you don't believe it. Right? You have seed. You have precious Seed, And if you eat your seed, you kill your future harvest. You want to be, you want to be, you want to prosper? Do you want to enjoy biblical prosperity? Number one, be generous. Number two, don't worry. About nothing. Never worry. It's a sin. (laughs) the Bible says be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication sister talked about a prayer petition today if you need something if you need a house or a jet or a 10,000 acre ranch with a log frame lodge huh guest cabins running water huh alfalfa mineral rights right If you need something or desire something, why don't you make a prayer petition? And if you're going to ask for something that big, you might want to take your time. Cindy and I did a prayer petition one time, and we worked on it for one year. Isn't that right? Do you want to prosper? Number one is what? Be generous. Number two is what? Don't worry. 
Well, Brian, what about my kids? I'm so worried about my kids. Repent. What's all that worrying doing for you? Is that helping your kids if you worry about your kids? Well, Brian, what about my relatives who the doctors say they have to die tomorrow? You know, Jesus, when Lazarus was getting ready to die, they said, Master, you got to come do something right now. What did he say? He ignored them. He, he's like, where's the fire? What's the matter? Where's your faith? What's the matter with you people? Didn't I already tell you that if you'd, that you'd see the glory of God? If you'd believe me, you'd see the glory of God? They didn't believe it. Number one is what? If you want to prosper, is what? Be what? Be what? Right here, right here in the front. Number one is what? Be generous. Right? You know, we, uh, a lot of times when we travel, I'll get some money and put it in my wallet. I'm not bragging on me. I'm just telling you this is just, this is an example of what I'm talking about. I never get to spend that money because we just hand it out wherever we go. You know, I'm never going to be broke, right? Now you know why. Right? I'm not bragging on me, but I'm just saying it's a lifestyle of being generous. You know, there was a guy that helped us with our bag on the shuttle, right? What do you give the guy who helps you with your bag on the shuttle? What do you give him? Buck or two, right? Right? Buck or two. You cram a few wadded up ones in his hand, right? I said, Cindy, all I got's a 20. I ain't giving him that 20. Put it back in my pocket. I thought to myself, you scallywag skin flint. I pulled it out and gave him the 20. He was blessed. Not just tipped, but blessed. What would you say, sister? Yeah. Give him 40, right? <laughs> That's generous. You know, you're never going to be broke if you're generous. Don't ever spend your last 10 bucks. You want a secret to never going broke? Never. Don't ever spend your last dollar. If all you got is one dollar, what is that? Seed. It's a seed, right? Do you know the difference between a seed, seed and bread? Anybody ever been to the grocery store? Anybody ever been to the grocery store? Grocery store, you know, King Supers, right? Big red sign. You guys awake? Everybody okay? You go to King Supers and they got bread. You know what bread looks like? A loaf of bread, right? Now, what if I took that loaf of bread and went home and dug a hole in my backyard and put that bread in that hole and buried it and did a rain dance around it, right? Shandala, 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 she came in a Honda, right? What's going to grow out of that hole? Nut and honey. But if I took seed and plant it in that hole and carefully tend it and water it, right? That's why when you sow seed in the kingdom of God, what are you supposed to do? Thank God. Thank God. Out of a great, and not just with words that don't have any meaning to you, but out of a grateful heart. Friend, listen to me. If you're, if you're tithing without worshiping, 
You're only getting part of the benefit. If you're giving offerings without worshiping the Lord over your offerings, let me ask you a question. Has God ever heard you out loud worship him out of a grateful heart? Now, listen, I've been doing this a long time. And I know some dear, sweet people that just got to open their mouth and let God hear them. Some of us for the first time ever. You know, and you may be thinking, well, yeah, I have a praise in my heart, Pastor Brian. But I just don't, you know, it's a private thing for me. Huh? <clears throat> number one, be generous. Number two is what? Tell your faith buddy, say, do you worry? Okay, you want number, want number three? You want number three? We only got two hours left for the serve lunch, right? Okay. Number three is don't ever put pressure on people. People are not your source. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Lord. Worship you, Lord. Worship you, Lord. Worship you, Jesus. And don't allow people to put pressure on you. You know, God is, is, is trying to say some things to some people in here today <clears throat> that I'm not even talking about. There's people in here today and you're hearing things in your spirit that I'm, I haven't even said. There's other people in here that God is trying to talk to, but he can't penetrate. Praise the Lord. And, and you know, I'm just the messenger boy. Huh? But the Holy Spirit can say things to you he can say more in a moment than I could say in a lifetime. But are we open to what he's saying to us? Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Let me give you another one. This was one of Lucifer's failings. He said, I will exalt my throne above the heavens, didn't he? Number four is self-promotion. You know, <clears throat> self-promotion is, is an insidious character defect that we have to watch for very carefully. Because we all have a propensity to yield to pride, self-promotion. It's godly to take second position. What about Jesus? Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal God, but made himself in the form of a servant and became obedient unto death. Even the death of the cross. 
And that's why God highly exalted him. Why? Because he did not exalt himself. He did not promote himself. When he healed the blind man, what did he say over and over? What did he say? Don't tell anybody I did this. Jesus, really? Don't you want everybody to know? That's what his brothers said to him. If you're really who you think you are, why don't you come down to this big party in town and then we'll introduce you and we'll launch your ministry. He said, my time ain't come yet and I don't need you to promote me. Do you want to prosper? You want to prosper? Make somebody else look good. You know, we're endeavoring to build strong leaders in this church. And if you are, if you have the qualities of leadership that God's looking for, you are endeavoring to make the people that you work with look better. And I don't want to embarrass you, Rebecca, but you're a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Rebecca has one of the finest singing voices in, in Colorado. But she is promoting other people and making them look good. And she's in the back running the sound. That's what I'm talking about. Like Michelle. Michelle is training up people to run the children's ministry. You know, Pastor Gary used to always talk to me about dissolving. A leader dissolves himself into his people. Jesus couldn't complete the work of God by himself. Do you understand that? Jesus could not complete his kingdom assignment by himself. <laughs> Spirit of God, talk to your people today in the name of Jesus. Help me, Lord. Help me to say what I'm endeavoring to say. Thank you, Lord. He could not complete his kingdom assignment by himself. He had to have you. Had to. God needs you. And God needs you to do your part. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. Are you grateful? Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Let me read you a little definition, then we're going to pray and dismiss for lunch, okay? Gratitude is an emotion of the heart. This is from Webster's 1828 Dictionary. Gratitude is an emotion of the heart excited by a favor or benefit received. Say received. When you have received from God, you know how a pastor can tell? You're happy. Praise the Lord. You're not talking the problem anymore. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. Worship you, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. Worship you, Lord. Gratitude is an agree agreeable emotion. Say agreeable. I was at the drive-thru at McDonald's the other day, getting a cup of coffee. And there was a young man there who handed me my coffee. He's like, yeah. It's not agreeable. You, you know what I'm talking about when you're dealing with people that are just, they're not agreeable. There's a barrier there. Worship you, Lord. I worship 
an agreeable emotion consisting in or accompanied with goodwill to the benefactor and a disposition to make a suitable return of benefits or services. When somebody does something good for you, what do you want to do? Pay them back, right? You want to at least show them, right? I appreciate what you've done. Or when no return can be made, when you can't pay God back, and we can't, right? Can you pay God back for healing you? Can you pay God back for saving you from hell? So when no return can be made, a desire to see the benefactor prosperous and happy. There's something about it when you're grateful, you want to see your benefactor happy. When we're ungrateful, we put pressure on those above us in the body of Christ. We're critical of those in the body of Christ above us. And friend, there's somebody above us in the body of Christ. Cindy and I submit regularly to those that have the rule over us. Oh, I love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, thank you, Lord. I'll uh, watch y'all stand up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Worship you, Lord. Worship you, Lord. Worship you, Lord. Worship you, Lord. Let's just thank him. Let's just thank him. I mean, out of the, from the bottom of your heart. Lord, I just thank you, Lord. I worship you. Let him hear your voice. Maybe for the first time, let him hear your voice out loud. Lord, I thank you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Everybody, come on. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Come on, lift your voice a little bit. Lord, I thank you, Lord. Everybody, please, I'm begging you. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Is it that hard to just say thank you, Lord, out loud? Thank you, Lord. 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 I love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You know, if you'll thank him continually for hours a day, your life will change. Amen. Your life will change. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord.